Hi, everybody. This is Gary Sandy, and thank you very much for listening to the WKRP cast. You're not a cop, are you? WKRP in Cincinnati. Hey, fellow babies, the WKRP cast leisurely summer continues. Big news. Monday, June 20th was our wedding anniversary. We're celebrating 35 years <laughs> of marriage. So we decided to take the week off. Because we're both so tired. <laughs> we're back next week with an all new episode. This week, we're rerunning Patter of Little Feet. You remember, it's the sweet and romantic one where Mr. and Mrs. Carlson discover they're pregnant. Again. This is no indication about us. No. This has nothing to do with us. It's just because it's sweet and romantic. Wouldn't that be a miracle? That would be something to write home about. <laughs> to do a podcast. We'd have to do a podcast. <laughs> but because it's sweet and romantic, it's perfect for a wedding anniversary celebration. We also need some help, fellow babies. We're getting down to the end of the series. Amazingly, we will have rewatched all 90 syndication episodes by the end of September. We jam a lot of information into each episode, but even with all of our research, we always feel like there's something we've either missed or messed up after posting a podcast episode. Which is why we're planning an all misses and messes episode at the end of the series. Help us out. What have you heard in the podcast where you thought, hold on a minute, they kind of messed that up? Or something big you think we missed, like in pilot part two, we completely missed the fact Lake Wapakoneta was the birthplace of astronaut Neil Armstrong. And did I say that right? It's the same battle-savvy bunch that shut down Bingo in Wapokoneta. Tell us the episode and tell us either the miss or mess so we can include it in our Misses and Messes podcast episode at the end of the series. Send your Misses and Messes to wkrpcast at gmail.com. Now sit back and enjoy this romantic episode of the WKRP cast as a celebration of our 35th wedding anniversary. And we'll be back next week with an all-new episode, Pills. So just sit right down, relax, open your ears real wide, and say... Weather today in the greater Cincinnati area... Are you awake? Whoa! Are you awake now? But the senator, while insisting he was not intoxicated, could not explain his nudity. Say what? Dear God, she's going to kill us all. Welcome to the WKRP cast. My name is Donna Stair. And I'm her husband, Alan. This is a week-by-week, episode-by-episode rewatch. We're getting into the music. The trivia. And the fun of WKRP. So, fellow babies, don't touch that dial. It's time for the WKRP cast. I'm at WKRP in Cincinnati. Welcome back to the WKRP cast. We got a sweet one today. What are we talking about, Donna? We're talking about the patter of little feet. The air date was the 26th of November, 1979, written by Blake Hunter. Story editors Dan Gunselman, Steve Marshall, Stephen Campman, and PJ Tarakvi. Executive story consultant Blake Hunter, and it was directed by Will McKenzie. <laughs> Arthur's wife, Carmen, believes that she may be pregnant, causing Carlson to consider whether or not he is ready for another child at his age. This is a sweet episode, and in Michael Castle's book, America's Favorite Radio Station, Gordon Jump tells a story about meeting his wife one night after rehearsal. He said they were having a laugh, going down the street, dancing like Gene Kelly from Singing in the Rain. Gordon said, unbeknownst to him... Blake Hunter was walking along behind them and taking mental notes. This is where he got the idea about an older middle-aged couple who are still feisty and still in love. Blake extrapolated from that romantic dance down the street and took it to a very possible scenario, a later-in-life pregnancy. We start out in Carlson's office. Mr. Carlson is giving Travis advice on which fishing rod to use when fishing for bonefish. This is the Thomas 617 Avenger, and it's perfect for stalking the elusive bonefish. Travis asks if the bonefish are good to eat. You don't eat bonefish. You catch them, and then you put them back. Travis <laughs> is confused. You're going to fly to Miami. 
You're going to change planes to a small, dangerous little craft, fly through the Bermuda Triangle with a pilot that does not speak English, <laughs> rent a boat, hire a guide. Now, how much are you into this thing for? About $5,000? Yeah, about. Mm-hmm. <laughs> to catch this fish and then let it go? Carlson nods his head. And Andy sums that up just right. <laughs> <laughs> if you kick it through the inflation calculator, Art's trip at five grand back in 1979 equates to about a $22,000 excursion in today's dollars. Woo! Yeah. Art mentions a Thomas 617 Avenger fishing rod. We were curious if that was a real thing. Found out that Thomas is a name associated with some high-end fishing gear. We found fly fishing rods made by a company named Thomas & Thomas. Also found some Okuma Avenger spinning reels, but nothing put together as a Thomas Avenger. Yes, we could not find anything specifically called the 617 Avenger fishing rod. Hugh Wilson said that the network was always after them not to use real names, real logos, or real products. This name is hinting at a real company, but it isn't exactly real. The real Thomas and Thomas was founded in 1969. They are known for very high-end handmade bamboo fishing rods. How high-end? We found a Thomas and Thomas rod listed online for $6,000. We also have the subject of bonefish we got to get into here. There are nine different species of bonefish. Three of those species are in the Atlantic and six in the Pacific. The bonefish weighs up to 14 pounds and can measure up to 31 inches long. Bonefish colors can range from silver sides and darker backs to olive green backs that then blend into the silver side. The bonefish lives in inshore tropical waters and moves onto shallow mud flats or sand flats so they can feed from the incoming tide. As Carmen says, fishing for bonefish is called bone fishing. It's a popular sport in the Bahamas, Puerto Rico, and southern Florida. Bonefish are not great eating. Most bone fishing is for sport, so the fish are released. Like carp, bonefish may be eaten in some lesser developed areas. We also get a reference to the Bermuda Triangle. The Bermuda Triangle, also known as the Devil's Triangle, is a loosely defined region in the western part of the Atlantic Ocean. The three points of the triangle are Miami, Florida, Bermuda, and Puerto Rico. This area changes depending on the author or researcher. Some researchers have stretched the area to cover as far as the Irish coast. Numerous aircraft and ships have been claimed to disappear under mysterious circumstances in the area. It's one of the most heavily traveled shipping lanes in the world. Cruise ships and pleasure craft regularly sail through the region, and commercial and private aircraft routinely fly over it. Upon closer look, most of the disappearances that have been attributed to the Triangle can usually be explained by bad navigation or navigation equipment malfunction. Interesting to note, disappearances in the Bermuda Triangle have almost completely stopped since the widespread use of GPS. Hmm. Jennifer enters Art's office with plane tickets. She tells him not to lose them. Where are the hotel reservations? Art has to think. Then he pulls his jacket open. They're on the inside pocket there. Jennifer adds the plane tickets to the hotel reservation. At 4.30, pick up Carmen. Drive to airport. Check luggage with Skycap. Board plane. Ask the stewardess, where is this plane going? Come on, Carlson tells Jennifer he's taking his wife, Carmen, with him. He'll be fine. Jennifer tells Carlson to stay close to her. It's like she's talking to a little toddler. (laughs) Going through every detail, ask where the plane's going. The door to the office opens and Carmen enters. She goes to Carlson and kisses him and says hello to Jennifer and Travis. She asks if she's interrupting and they all assure her that she is not interrupting. And we talked about her. She is just such a perfect wife. To art. They it, make such a great couple. Unbelievable couple. Yeah, just a great couple. Yes. Jennifer tells her she must be excited about the trip. Bone fishing. Oh, well, Arthur enjoys it so. Well, you do too. Oh, I do. 
You sure? Sure, I'm sure. Sure? Sure. Uh. And we've talked about the word sure before and how sometimes it's used differently by men than women, and this might be an example of that. Travis and Jennifer leave the office so that Carlson and his wife can discuss the details of the trip. So nice seeing you. Nice to see you, too. Carlson tells Carmen that he has a surprise for her. She tells him that she has a surprise, too. Okay, you say yours first. Yours first. Are you sure? I'm sure. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. I got you this Thomas 617. Oh! Carmen looks thrilled, but tells him to use it. She is happy with the Carlisle rod. I don't know how thoroughly thrilled she looked about hearing she was going to get to Thomas. <laughs> she she feigned some excitement. Carmen is being played by Alan Ann McLeary, who was born in Quebec, Canada in 1926. And some big shout outs to our Canadian contingent of listeners. We love you guys. Thank you. was a talented actress, dancer, and singer with a long history on Broadway and in Hollywood. She came to the U.S. with her widowed mother at the age of one. Some of McCleary's better-known film appearances are as Amy in Where's Charlie? Katie Brown in Calamity Jane. Shirley in They Shoot Horses, Don't They? And as the crazy woman in Jeremiah Johnson from 1972. She also appeared in The Way We Were in 1973 and All the President's Men in 1976. McCleary made frequent TV guest appearances on shows like Bonanza. The Waltons. The Love Boat. Barney Miller. Benson. Heart to Heart. Saint Elsewhere. And Dynasty among many others. McCleary passed away at her home in North Bend, Washington on May 21st of 2018. She was 91 years old and died from Alzheimer's disease. Now, she mentions the Carlisle fishing rod. <laughs> we looked this one up. We did not find the fishing rod, but we did find a lot of Carlisle fishing tackle. And I think that's Hugh Wilson again. They can't use a real name, but they got kind of close. Carlson asks what her surprise is. I'm pregnant. Carlson is speechless. And that's our cold open. WKRP in Cincinnati. We come back from the cold open in Carlson's office where Art is shocked. Carmen asks him if he's upset. He tells her he's surprised, he's stunned. It's shocking news. Carmen asks Art what they should do. I've got it. Cancel the trip. I don't think this is a big disappointment to Carmen. He asks Carmen who told her that she was pregnant. She tells him that Dr. Levin told her. Carlson tells her that they don't always know. You know, he hung the phone up, too. He didn't actually call and cancel the trip, so he must have done oh. that later. <laughs> the door opens, and here comes Les. And now a special look at this episode's bandage placement for the five-time Buckeye NewsHawk Award winner, Les Nessman. This is the Les Nessman Bandage Report. Now here's Donna Stair with her report about Les Nessman. Left side of neck. This has been a look at the bandage placement for Silver Sow and Copper Cobb award-winning journalist Les Nessman. We've had some neck injuries in the past, too. I, I think he's reusing a neck just on a different side. A different spot, yeah. yes. So Les sees Mrs. Carlson and says hello. Les, would you excuse us, please? My wife is pregnant. <laughs> yes, of course. Les does not question it for a second. He just says, yes, of course, has no reaction, turns and leaves the office. Carmen asks Carlson if he wants to have this baby. Yeah, sure. She seems surprised by his answer. Well, don't you? Oh, Arthur, I'm in shock. Carlson puts his arm around her and tells her that it's going to be wonderful. It is? Sure. Oh, good. She doesn't sound convinced. They both want to be so sensitive to the other that neither can say what they're thinking. So there's a knock at the door and... Art asks who it is. Les <laughs> Yeah? Did you say your wife is pregnant? <laughs> yes, I did. Thank you. <laughs> it has dawned on Les what was said to him. <laughs> I like Les when he says, thank you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Carlson tells Carmen that he is excited about the baby, and he reminds her that they've always said that Little Arthur needs a brother or a sister. He needs something. <laughs> he needs something. <laughs> Carlson asks her if she wants the baby. He always thought that she wanted a baby. I just wanted it a couple of years ago. Carlson begins getting excited about possibly having a little girl. Oh, oh, oh wouldn't that be nice? 
Oh, wow. And I was curious. I looked up actual ages on these guys. At the time of shooting, Carmen in real life, Alan was 53 years old and Gordon Jump was 48. I'm over 30. I might even be over 40. I'd have to check. So Art tries to make her feel better. Listen, Carmen, you're younger and prettier and hmm, sexier than the day I married you. You're not just saying that. Don't I show it? Yes, you do, you rascal. (laughs) Little rascal. (laughs) They're still feisty. Carlson and Carmen hug and kiss, and Carlson is really getting excited about the news. We're going to have another baby, baby. Are you sure? Oh, I think it's great. Art asks Carmen when she supposed it happened. She tells him that the doctor said four weeks ago. I laughed so hard when Art picked up his <laughs> desk calendar. He starts flipping back to four weeks ago, and we've got possibles. I'll bet it was Tuesday night after the Kiwanis dance. <laughs> Now, we know Art's a Rotarian, but here in Jacksonville, we have a very strong Rotary and Kiwanis Club. I'm a Rotarian, but we support Kiwanis projects, so I see him going to the dance. You can see Carmen trying to figure out. She's doing a little mental math. Maybe it was that night Anson Williams hosted The Tonight Show. Art stands up. He thinks he's found it. He points at the calendar and has zeroed in on the exact night. It was Friday night, remember? Right after we came back from seeing Superman. And Christopher Reeve, Carmen covers her face, embarrassed. Yep, she remembers that night, too. Carmen mentioned Anson Williams hosting The Tonight Show. His real name is Anson Williams Heimlich. He has 19 acting credits, but you probably know him as Potsy from his appearances on 219 episodes of Happy Days. He was born in 1949 in Los Angeles. We can't find any record of him guest hosting for Johnny, but Williams did co-host on The Mike Douglas Show in 1978. He was also on Hollywood Squares and the Match Game panels numerous times. Other TV appearances include Baywatch, Fantasy Island, Love Boat, Marcus Welby, MD, and Love American Style. Williams has had a Frank Bonner sort of trajectory to his career. He only has 19 acting credits, but he's got 43 credits as a director. They referenced the movie Superman. That was the night. Yes, this is the Richard Donner directed Superman. It's considered the template for the modern superhero movie. It debuted December 15th of 1978. It starred Christopher Reeve as Superman. Margot Kidder as Lois Lane. Gene Hackman, hilarious as Lex Luthor. And Ned Beatty as Lex Luthor's sidekick, Otis. The film itself was nominated for three Oscars. It didn't win, but it was awarded a Special Achievement Award for the amazing flying visual effects. The tagline for this movie was... You will believe a man can fly. We cut to the bullpen where we see Bailey, Herb, and Les. Les has apparently shared the news about Mrs. Big Guy being pregnant. Herb's laughing, saying he can't believe it, and I think it's time. Herb Darling, fashion alert. Herb is wearing a gray, maroon, and white plaid jacket with black elbow pads and a black patch over the right shoulder, stone ground mustard-colored pants, and what did you call these pants? Senzabelt. They've got a wide strip of elastic around your waist, so you're supposed to get away with not being able to wear a belt. I always thought they looked a little goofy, and they're not comfortable. I had one pair of them and never got another one. And he's got a brown tie with gold diamond patterns in it and his white shoes. I do miss the white belt. Yeah. That coat is wild, but I did notice it has a double vent in the back of it, and according to style journal The Black Lapel, all suit coat vents came about because of horseback riding. Riders vented their coats in order to sit on a horse. 
the double vent is associated with British tailoring. It is considered more sophisticated than a single vent. The single vent centered in the back is American. The double side vents never really caught on in the U.S., and Europeans don't like a single vent. The big worry with the single vent to the Europeans is that it might allow your butt to be visible. Yeah, I don't want any of that on the horse. So. <laughs> Les asked Herb, "What's so surprising about a baby?" Oh, Les, you wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> And Herb knows all about it. Les tells him that Mr. and Mrs. Carlson are married. Herb explains he just can't picture Mr. Carlson getting romantic. Well, Jennifer has come into the bullpen in time to hear Herb's comment. Oh, I can. You can? Sure. Get out of town. I think Mr. Carlson is a very sexy man with a lot of animal magnetism. She is bringing Bailey some books. Bailey's desk is already stacked with several serious-looking books. We did a freeze, and we caught that Jennifer is handing Bailey the Bhagavad Gita. The Gita, as it is known, is a 701-verse Hindu scripture that dates to the 2nd century B.C. It is one of the main holy scriptures of Hinduism. So, I don't know, maybe Bailey's taking a class or doing some kind some of kind research. Some kind of a research project going know. on, but man, her desk is stacked. Herb laughs and tells Jennifer that she has a lot to learn. Yeah, and I think he's cute and kind of cuddly. <laughs> cute and cuddly? <laughs> that, now that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. Herb just cannot believe what he is hearing from these two. Anytime Herb faces off, he gets himself in trouble. He unbuttons his coat, puts his hands on his hips, puffs out his chest, and makes this statement. I know a sexy guy when I see one. Oh. <laughs> and of course, Jennifer and Bailey start laughing. Well, Herb becomes very frustrated and embarrassed. He looks over at Les and asks for help. And Les is covering his mouth and doing his snake laugh. Help me laugh. <laughs> Flustered, Herb tries to explain. Look, Mr. and Mrs. Carlson have been married for a long, long time. And everybody knows that once you've been married a year or two, the heavy stuff is gone. <laughs> the heavy stuff. <laughs> the heavy stuff's done. After a year, year and a half. <laughs> <laughs> so Johnny comes into the bullpen as Bailey tells Herb. Now, I don't know. We didn't look this stat up, and I didn't want to. Research shows that the average married couple is making love 2.96 times a week. Not in Cincinnati, I know. Oh, no. Herb, Herb knows. That's, that can't be right. <laughs> that can't be right. I love how he says that so authoritatively. Uh, I know. Les walks over to Bailey's desk and asks her what she is doing with information like that. And what is she researching? I know. That's really bugging it you, isn't it? It bothers me. All those books. <laughs> Bailey tells Les that she must have read it somewhere. wonder how they do the 9-6 uh, part. <laughs> Johnny. Johnny the mathematician. <laughs> and Bailey explains to Johnny, well, it's just an average. Well, it should average out to three. <laughs> Somebody is not doing something right. <laughs> <laughs> Something's wrong here. Herb's over at the desk. I'm telling you, married people don't rumba that often. He's got <laughs> I think his head's going to explode or something. And Jennifer is having so much fun with oh, this. Oh, yes. Oh, Herbie. I bet they do too. Andy comes into the bullpen. Hard at work again, huh? I don't know how you people do it. Just work, work, work. Bailey says that she is exhausted and asks Jennifer to have lunch with her. Oh, okay. We could shop till around three. Oh, that'd be great. Then maybe we'd have time for a rumba lesson. Herb just about gives himself a whiplash when he turns around to watch them leave after she makes that rumble, rumble lesson, lesson comment. Travis asks Herb how sales are going. Herb's busy working on this log cabin on his desk with yellow pencils. He's not doing any work. So Andy asks, what's wrong with Herb? Herb's not average, Andy. <laughs> Less with the burn. Her he, was, uh, he was on it. Yeah. He was on it. So Herb smacks his hand down on the desk. He's glaring at Les. I'm as about as average as it gets. I think that's right. 
<laughs> Andy again with a killer line. Andy's yes. getting some good lines in season two. And he delivers it so yeah. deadpan. I think that's right. Johnny asks Andy if he's heard about Carlson. Andy tells him that, yep, he's heard about it. The talk of the town. And Johnny asks what he thinks. Well, I don't know what to think. I don't believe it. I think it's very touching. Andy asks Johnny what he thinks. Well, I think I wouldn't want to be responsible for bringing another person into this world the way it is. Herb gives a big eye roll. Here we go again. Johnny goes on to say the future looks pretty bleak. And Andy asks Johnny, has he seen the future? Johnny says he has and Les wants to know where. In the living room. What <laughs> think he's talking about there? His TV or this that giant marijuana plant? <laughs> Yeah, somehow he's seen the future. We see um, in this scene, Andy is holding a Thelma Houston album. This is her 1979 Ride to the Rainbow album. It contained a version of Love Machine, which you probably remember the Miracles had a big hit with Love Machine. Thelma was born in May of 1946 in Leland, Mississippi. Although you may have heard otherwise, Thelma Houston is not related to Whitney Houston. They have mistakenly been identified as relatives for years now, and it's not true. You might know Thelma for her huge hit, Don't Leave Me This Way. It hit number one on the Hot 100 in head over to Art's office where Carlson's at his desk with his feet up. Man, is he living large. He's smiling. Jennifer comes in with some paperwork. She says, hi. They both get the giggles. Art's kind of giggling, self-satisfied. Jennifer knows what he's giggling about, so she starts giggling. And then this just cracked me up. Art has his feet up on the desk. Jennifer reaches down and gives his foot a little tweak and then turns to leave. Yeah, she jiggles his toes. <laughs> a little foot toe jiggle. Foot. Carlson gets up and walks over to Jennifer. Carmen and I have made a lot of mistakes with little Arthur. I know. What? <laughs> <laughs> you remember how thrilled Jennifer was about little Art and young Master Carlson. I see you've met little Arthur. Yeah, he's uh, somewhat of a... A, uh... a Nazi. Yeah, a... <laughs> Carlson tells Jennifer that they now have a chance to do it all over again. And how many times have you said to yourself, if I knew then what I know now? Huh? Huh? Oh, by golly, this is the new then. That now I mean. Because I know now what I didn't used to know then. As a matter of speaking, you could say that I know now what I know now. I know. Now, if you'll excuse me. <laughs> Jennifer... <laughs> Opens up the door to leave, and who is there but Mama? Sometimes Art starts rambling, and he's not sure where a sentence is going to end. That's how that <laughs> I know what I know sentence was going on. Oh, man, here comes Carol Bruce. We love Carol Bruce so much. Mama has arrived, and with her comes... The line of the episode. Jennifer says hello. Hello, Mrs. Carlson. How have you been? Perfect. And you? <laughs> the same. Jennifer's comeback is great. I laugh at that every time we have watched it. That line works every yes. single time. And it you is and I perfect. have talked about how probably uh, Mrs. Carlson and Jennifer would run around in the same social circles. I think they're seeing each other at the same fundraisers and museum Benefit openings. Dinners and, yeah, and... benefits. They're they're running into each other. Yes. And I think there's a little bit of that uh, game knows game going on there. They they both know they're strong women and, and they've got respect. Carlson says hi to his mom. And she taps his stomach with her purse and tells him not to slouch. Not slouching. Yes, you are. I am not. Yes, you are. He tells her that she looks lovely. Thank you. Have you been ill? Mama takes a seat behind Carlson's desk and starts looking through some papers that were lying there. I've got a surprise for you. I heard Carmen told me on the phone. Art asks Mama what she thinks. I think babies are for young people. Mama tells it like it is. Well, Art says... 
He's not so old. Well, if you don't care how it looks, let's consider the child. Mom is worried about the child. There are dangers. Art says they're aware. Uh, It's called Down syndrome, and they are taking precautions. An English physician, John Langdon Down, first described this syndrome in 1862. It's a genetic disorder caused by the presence of all or part of a third copy of chromosome number 21. The probability of this disorder increases greatly with mothers over the age of 45. The extra chromosome is believed to occur by chance. There is no known behavioral activity or environmental factor that anyone has ever identified changing the probability. Down syndrome can be identified during pregnancy by prenatal screening. Mama tells Art to consider Carmen's well-being. You know, you and Carmen are so sensitive of each other's feelings, I don't think you ever really tell one another the truth. Carlson tells Mama that at first, Carmen didn't want the baby, but that he talked her into it. You what? Do you realize, Arthur, that since your birth, I've never been able to wear a wristwatch? What? Something went wrong with my magnetic field. Carlson tells her, sorry, and asks if she just came here to rattle his cage. Now, that magnetic field after pregnancy story is something you hear fairly commonly. I've heard that story before, that watches have been known to stop working on some people. But there is no known reason why. Oftentimes, being unable to wear a watch will be attributed to a change in a person's magnetic field. Although humans generate a slight bit of electricity that causes a very tiny magnetic field, affecting metal isn't possible. If you had a magnetic field strong enough to stop a watch, it would kill you. We found nothing indicating that pregnancy has anything to do with the watch phenomenon, but many women do experience changes in their body chemistry after pregnancy. Mama tells Art that she's here because she is concerned. She's worried about the many things that can go wrong in childbirth and that Carmen is not a young woman. We'll be careful. We'll be careful. What do you mean, we? You're not having the baby. Mama tells him not to be selfish about this, and she is being very pragmatic. What I recommend is an abortion. An abortion? That's right. Oh, well, Mom, Mom I don't think we can do that. I, I mean, listen, if you'd had one, I wouldn't even be here right now. Mama tells him, don't be ridiculous. Starts to say something, but then you see this pause. She pauses for just a moment, and you can see her lost in her thoughts. Doing dreamy that, look. Doing that wonderful life thing. What if Art had never been there? She smiles a little, then she shakes it off and brings herself back to reality. They even did a camera move in on her with that. Abortion covers any deliberate step taken to end a pregnancy. The Supreme Court's 1973 ruling in Roe v. Wade established that the U.S. Constitution protects one's right to have an abortion. Since Roe v. Wade, abortions have been legal in the United States during the first trimester of pregnancy. Mama then tells Art something she has never said before. I like Carmen. I like her very much. I don't want anything to happen to her. And I don't want her to have to go through with this ordeal just to please you. Now, an abortion is possible and legal. You think about that. She heads for the door, then turns back to Art. Oh, by the way, what time do you have? 4.30. Thank you. It's the least I could do. (laughs) least I could do. Mama walks out of the office. You know, she admits that she likes Carmen. That was a big thing for her, I think. Well, Carlson is left sitting on his couch after Mama leaves, And he's got this serious and worried expression on his face. We move now into the bullpen, looking out the window. It's evening now. We see Herb and Bailey at their desk. Art walks in. Herb has an eight-level-high pencil house assembled on his desk. He's been working hard. has been working like crazy. He pushes (laughs) that into his drawer. I am bushed. It's in your hands, Nesman. Herb tells Les he's got this. Goodbye. And then he sees Art, who's looking out the window. Herb walks over to him. Big guy. How's the boy? How's the guy? How's the man? How's the stud? As Herb's talking to him, he's kind of play boxing, you know, giving him a few jabs, hitting him lightly in the back. Go home, Herb. Carlson walks over to Herb's desk, picks up a deck of cards, and begins shuffling with them. Well, Bailey tells everyone good night. 
gets no response. She's talking to herself as she grabs her jacket and leaves. Pleasant evening, everybody. Okay, Bailey, uh, see you later. Okay, great. Uh, sure, all right. Get out of here. Fine. Art walks back by Les's desk. Les is busily writing something. Art picks up Les's Silver Sow Award and is looking at it. And I've got to tell you, when he picked it up, I got just a little nervous. Mr. Carlson, when I think of all the little babies up in heaven waiting to be born, looking for the right kind of parents... And I think what fine people you and Mrs. Carlson are, I think how lucky some little baby's going to be. Art thanks Les, and he continues to look at the Silver Sow Award, and Les has had enough. Mr. Carlson, hmm? no one is allowed to touch my Silver Sow Award. Art apologizes and puts the award back on Les's desk. Carlson walks away from Les's desk, and Les follows. Les shuts his office door, takes out his keys, and looks as if he's about to lock this imaginary door. But he notices that Carlson is looking at him. So he puts the keys back in his pocket, and he leaves the bullpen. All right, now you think if Art hadn't been there... He'd have locked the door. I think he? he would have. Yeah, yes. but he. I think this is the point where Les thought, "Okay, this might look crazy." <laughs> I think so. <laughs> so Art shuts off the lights and he goes out the door that leads to the hallway outside of the studio. We see some posters in this hallway. First poster that we see is Yolanda McCullough. You might be saying, "Who?" We were, too. This poster is promoting her Love Zone album. It was her debut from 1979. The single Want Ads hit number 17 on the dance charts, but Yolanda never had a Hot 100 hit. We also see a Chopper poster. That cool-looking wing logo under Yolanda's poster is a promo poster for the band Chopper. This is their self-titled 1979 release. Chopper also never had a hit on the Hot 100. Now, we've got a theory. Both Yolanda and Chopper are on Areola Records, which is a small, unfortunately named label (laughs) launched in 1975. It's A-R-I-O-L-A, but all I can see it as is Areola. Yes, let's go on. Yes, these guys strike us as being on par with Murray's Onslaught label from Johnny Comes Back. We're curious if there might have been a price tag associated with getting those two promo posters put up in the hallway of WKRP. Well, when Art walks into the hallway, he hears Venus on the air and he stops to look in the studio through the window. Venus has his special lighting and the candles are lit all around the studio. So my children, say goodbye to the left side of your brain, which tells you the rules and Say hello to the right side of your brain, which just tells you to lie back and float in it. The song Still by the Commodores begins to play. This is one of those ubiquitous number ones. Man, this played everywhere in the late 70s. It was released in 1979 by Motown Records. The song appears on their 1979 hit album, Midnight Magic. It was a big one. It reached number one on the Hot 100. Morning's just a moment away And I'm without you once again It is notable for being the Commodore's last number one before Lionel Richie went solo. We've got a couple of posters to check out on the bottom of the inside of the studio door. We see a poster for the group City Boy. City Boy debuted on Mercury Records in 1975 with the self-titled album City Boy. They were produced by legendary producer Robert John Mutt Lang. This was only his fourth album. Lang would go on to produce huge hits for dozens of the world's biggest bands, including ACDC, Def Leppard, Huey Lewis, Brian Adams, Maroon 5, and Lady Gaga, just to name a few. Mutt would also be married to Shania Twain for 17 years. City Boy's lead singer was named Lol, L-O-L, 
Mason. This poster is celebrating their first album on Atlantic Records from 1979. They were leaving Mercury. Their first Atlantic album was The Day the Earth Caught Fire. There were no hits on this one, and probably the most notable thing about the album, it featured a young harmonica player named Huey Lewis. Carlson walks into the studio, flips on the lights, and we see the Foreigner promo poster for Head Games. It's kind of hidden. you got to look carefully under the bottom edge of the tapestry there on the back wall, and you're going to see kind of the bottom half of the Head Games promo poster. This album was released in September of 1979. Head Games was Foreigner's third studio album. Head Games, it's you and me, baby. Head Games, and I can't take it anymore. Head Games, I don't want to play the Head Games. It produced two top 40 hits, the title track Head Games and Dirty White Boy. Now, we've seen this bit before. People walking in when Venus is working and they flip the lights on. He's blinded. Nobody ever warns him that they're turning on right. his lights. And, and he just it catches him by surprise and, and he can't see for a little bit. Oh, Venus, how's it going? Uh, I don't know, Mr. Carlson. I just got here. So Carlson tells Venus he's just been wandering around sort of in a daze. Yeah, how come? Carlson pulls a stool over by Venus and he sits next to him. You got any idea how my wife is? Venus looks at Carlson. He was caught off guard. It starts to get a little weird really fast. <laughs> Although Venus seems to always be around the station, in order for this joke to work, we have to believe that Venus hasn't talked to anyone today, and he doesn't know anything about Art's big news. I'd sure like to have a have a girl, Venus. <laughs> we all would, Mr. Carlson. <laughs> Of course, you know, a, a boy would be nice, too. <laughs> <laughs> it's getting weird really fast. Poor Venus. Venus is not sure how to respond to that remark, and you can see him trying to figure out what is going on. Pardon me? <laughs> well, I mean, I'd prefer a girl, but, I, you know, I'd take a boy. I don't care. What about you? Carlson puts his hand on Venus's shoulder, waiting for his answer. Venus shoots a look at the hand. He's hilariously uncomfortable with this conversation. <laughs> Tim Reed is so good with the eyes. and the, He pauses to consider, and, and Venus responds saying, a, a girl. Yeah, oh, you see, uh, I just grabbed my nugget fussy. Apparently not. <laughs> So Carlson goes on to say that his wife knows how excited he is about this. He tells Venus even if she were scared, he doesn't think she'd tell him. And that's the way it is with her and me. We spend all of our time trying to make the other one happy. Now, Mom says that that's, that's not an honest relationship. I mean, we don't need a baby. <laughs> oh, it's been, you know, nice talking to you. So Venus just sagely nods his head as Art leaves the studio. He's stunned and worried about the big guy. No mental problems there. Now we're in Carlson's office. The lights are low, and we see Carmen sitting on the credenza, looking out the window, waiting for Carlson to come back. He enters, and he's surprised to see Carmen waiting for him. Can we eat downtown? Well, sure. She got a sitter for little Arthur. Art tells Carmen he's sorry he talked her into this thing. It's your decision. I know that now. My decision? Totally. Now, wait just a minute here, Superman. This is our decision. Art tells her to look at the world around them. Now, what kind of a life is a baby born today going to have in this, huh? Well, Good one, I would guess. Carlson tells her that these are troubled times we live in, and Carmen says that people have been saying that for 5,000 years. I remember we had that discussion when our daughter was being yes, born we as did. well. Yes, we did. The day after the Murrah Federal Building bombing was yes, the day our daughter was born. that's when she was born. You have some serious questions when I something like that tears. happens. <laughs> yeah. Carlson continues with negative baby issues. What about those dirty diapers? I think we'll go through that mess again. 3 a.m. feedings. <laughs> what about that spin-up all over my lapel on the way to work in the morning? <laughs> he then states his concern about her age. I'm not exactly over the hill yet. Well, no, no, but Carmen, you're old. 
He's getting a little over the line there, some of the statements he's making. He tries to backpedal a bit. Well, yeah, I don't mean exactly old, but you're getting up there. Carmen just gives it right back to him. Art's got his finger pointing straight up in the air. She pokes him right in the stomach. Now look, Tubby. Dr. said that I am as healthy as a horse. He thinks it's just fine to have this baby. <laughs> Carmen then asks if he wants the baby. She's worried that he was just trying to make her feel good this morning. You always think of me first. I, I do not. Yes, you do. Well, you're just as bad. The only reason you want the baby is because you know I want it. They continue with this funny reversed argument. Carmen asks why just once he doesn't think of himself first. He comes back saying that all she ever thinks about is him. There it is. Yeah, you bet. There it is. And uh, what have we decided? You say. You say. They look into each other's eyes for a bit. I want the baby. Well, I'm not sure it's the smart thing to do, but damn it. Me too. And they kiss and hug. Those are nice arguments that they have. Yeah. <laughs> Very polite arguments. The door opens and Andy looks in as they're hugging and kissing. At it again, huh? <laughs> He's got a bottle of champagne. He congratulates them both and then heads out of the office. But before he goes, he turns to salute. Okay, now, uh, as you were. <laughs> they decide to open the bottle and have a drink now. We cringed at the pregnant lady having a drink. This is in a limbo period for prenatal health care. Fetal alcohol syndrome had been discovered and identified in 1973. The information had been reported, but no official statement had been released yet. It wasn't until 1981 that the Surgeon General released specific warnings for expectant mothers regarding drinking while pregnant. And those warnings said, no, never, <laughs> not at all, ever, not even four weeks in. So Art wants some music. He calls Venus in the studio. Uh, Venus? Yeah, Mr. Carlson here. Uh, listen, I've got this young girl in my office. Will you stop saying I beg your pardon and just listen? <laughs> Look, it's a favor to me, Venus. I wonder if you could play something soft and sweet. Well, do it anyway. Imagine Venus's <laughs> consternation. <laughs> Carmen, he's got a girl in there with yeah, what, him? What's going on in Venus's yeah, head oh, right man, now? Oh, man, it's rough. <laughs> Carmen turns the monitor up so they can hear the music. Art goes to find two cups for the champagne. If we were watching in 1979, you would have heard the song Sing a Happy Song by the OJ. was released in 1979 on the album Identify Yourself. The OJs are an American R&B group, and they're from right there in Canton, Ohio. They were formed in 1958 as the Triumphs. They renamed themselves in 1963 as a tribute to Cleveland DJ Eddie OJ. The OJs first hit the charts in 1963 and were consistent hit makers through 1980. They had 27 singles on the Hot 100, but they're best known for Backstabbers and the number one hit, Love Train. Art returns with some cups. Now, again, if you were watching the original airing in 1979, after the OJs, you'd have heard Venus go into Thank Heaven for Little Girls by Maurice Chevalier. Each time I see a little girl of five or six or seven, I can't resist a joyous urge to smile and say thank heaven for little girls. Art and Carmen look confused for a bit about the selection, then they begin to dance. Thank Heaven for Little Girls is a 1957 song written by Alan J. Lerner and Frederick Lowe, the powerhouse Broadway writing team of Lerner and Lowe. It is most closely associated with Maurice Chevalier, its original performer. The song opened and closed the 1958 film Gigi. And I was kind of curious as to why WKRP would have the album from the musical Gigi in their studio. All I can think is it's left over from the previous format. That could be. Maybe. 
Now, on the Shout Factory disc, you don't hear Maurice Chevalier. And how'd you say it? I don't know. Probably wrong. Okay. Instead, they've edited <laughs> in a cover version of The Carpenters' We've Only Just Begun. This is definitely not The Carpenters, and it does not support the joke. <laughs> to us. like Shout Factory has done a pretty good job licensing as many original music cues as possible. It was a tough job and nobody thought it could be done. Even those cuts they couldn't replace, you can tell they've tried to keep the joke. The dog scene from Turkey's Away is a good example. They couldn't get the Pink Floyd cut, but they used the sound effects and edited around the dialogue so we didn't lose the joke. But this cut is a big stumble. They totally missed the joke. Venus doesn't know who he's playing the song for, and his selection is based on Art's comments from the control room discussion earlier. Although we've only just begun, might apply to the couple's new phase in life, it's not funny. Carmen says she feels like she's 21. They glide across the floor of the office. They do a step where Art pushes Carmen away from him, holding her by one hand. They do a kick and then come back together. It's great. I love watching Yeah, it's that. a lot of fun. Carmen asks Carlson, what is he going to tell his mother? He whispers something in her ear as to what he plans to tell her. Carmen covers her mouth and laughs. They end the scene with a hug. Unfortunately, losing the entire song also meant losing the dialogue. The voices we are hearing on the Shout Factory disc are dubbed. Thanks to the big D, Dale Kovar, for allowing us to hear the original scene on his recreated discs. We go to the studio and we see a stunned Venus sitting in his chair, hugging the album cover to the soundtrack record from Gigi. He's got this look of horror and disbelief on his face. His reaction is very funny when we are hearing Thank Heaven for Little Girls, but his look of worry does not fit at all with... We've only just begun. The song continues to play as the credits begin to roll and the screen fades to black. Such a fun episode and love meeting Carmen. So what is up for next week, Donna? Next week, we'll be discussing Baby If You've Ever Wondered. When the station's ratings fail to improve to Andy's expectations, he wonders if he is accomplishing anything with the screwy staff. That's going to do it for this episode of the WKRP cast. If you'd like to watch along with us, make sure to check our show notes. Join us on Facebook at WKRPCast for more show information and discussion. Got a question, comment, or correction? Let us know about it. Write us, wkrpcast at gmail.com. And remember to please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening. Bye. May the good news be yours. The WKRP cast is not endorsed by MTM Enterprises, Shout Factory, or CBS. This podcast is intended for entertainment and informational purposes only. WKRP in Cincinnati, the WKRP logo, and all names, pictures, and audio of WKRP in Cincinnati characters are registered trademarks of MTM, CBS, Shout Factory, or their respective copyright holders. Almost forgot, fellow babies. Booger!